Good to be outside one more week. Amen. It's probably the last week we want to do this, right? Amen. Ready for some air conditioning? No lie. That's, that's good. Can't wait for that. Next, one, next Sunday, we'll do that. So, uh, you know, last week I mentioned some of our staff, or I mentioned our staff that is the more visible staff. There's three members of our staff that you don't get to see very often, and I thought I would just take a moment to recognize them this morning because their work has continued even in the midst of all that's gone over the past several months. So uh, let me tell you first about when you see a post online of any kind from Vertical Church, that comes from Brianna Vandenberg. So a big hand for Brianna, our social media director who has kept us all connected and informed and encouraged and even have some fun along the way on some social media. Good job, Brianna. Thank you for that. Also, you may not know that Lisa Mawinney is our financial director. She's back over here. She takes care of all the behind-the-scenes money stuff, and we're extremely grateful for her. And the other person that you may not know is Craig Strasner. You normally see him in the parking lot, but he is our custodial guy who makes all the setup happen around our church, takes care of things. So I'm grateful for all of our staff. Hey, we begin a brand new series today I'm calling Exponential. There are some things that God does in our lives individually but there is something exponential that happens when we do it together. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I sense God is with me. I know he is there. But there's something about praying with someone else that seems to make that moment exponential. It's a lot bigger. And the more people I've gathered into that moment with me, the more exponential it becomes. I mean, sometimes I've, I've been in a group praying together and all of a sudden, there's this extra sense that God is present in that moment. One of those moments where I'm afraid to even open my eyes because I'm afraid, like, you know, Jesus is going to be standing there in that moment or something. That happens sometimes when you're praying with other people because if it gets exponential. I love worship alone. I've got worship music on in my office and at home sometimes. Like, the majority of the day, I love all of that. But there's something different about getting with other people and some worship is happening. There's been some incredible worship moments that have happened here at Vertical. And it's been when we've all been gathered together. The presence of God and the power of God becomes exponential in that moment. So I think that's one of the things that's made these last several months difficult is that we haven't been able to be physically together. Now, I know we've been online together and that's cool. I know we've had some Zoom conferences together and those aren't cool. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks is like, yeah, Zoom group. And yeah, then after about two weeks, I'm like, no, I don't like this at all. It's awkward. And someone tries to talk and they talk over another person. Their mic's muted and their, their signal goes off and their phone's upside down. And you're like, ah, just enough of this. So it's a great thing to be together. Amen. There's something different that happens when we are together. And I believe there's some scripture that teaches us that even the power and presence of God is exponentially greater when we are together. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at a passage here today that shows us this truth. If you have a Bible app, you can look it up. If you've got your paper Bible there, Acts chapter 4 is where we are today. Let me give you just a little bit of background on what's happening 
We are following the New Testament church, and they are not very old at this point. It hasn't been long since Jesus was resurrected and since Jesus ascended back to heaven. And they are still fresh in their minds and hearts, the reality of the resurrection. How would you like to have that in your lifetime? To have looked back within the last year and have said, I saw the resurrected Jesus, and I saw him ascend back into heaven. We heard the angels talk to us in that moment. Can you imagine the reality of that in your life? Can you imagine what that would have done to you and your faith? And these disciples all gathered together. But not just that. They've got the reality of the Holy Spirit being given for the first time to indwell believers. And they've had this powerful moment at Pentecost. They've had this powerful moment when there were tongues of fire. They've had this powerful moment where they are living in the midst of this incredibly energizing church beginning. I mean, people are coming to the Lord. People are being saved. People are asking questions. Lives are being changed. Thousands are being added to the church. It's not just a couple on the weekends. It's thousands being added. People want to be a part of this thing. Acts chapter 2 tells that whole story. Acts chapter 3 tells a story about some miracles happening where a man that had been lame all of a sudden is no longer. He's set free. A miracle happens. Can you imagine seeing that happen? All of this is energizing the people. And Peter is filled with great passion. He stands up to preach on one occasion and says, it's time for us all to repent and come to the Lord so that there may be times of refreshing. And Acts 2 and 3 tell us that the church had great favor from God and among the people. Man, can you imagine living at a time when the church is lifted up and recognized and seen as a dynamic force in the nation, where they are leading the way? This is what Acts chapter 2 and 3 describes. But if you know the Bible and you know how to count you know that Acts chapter 4 comes next. And what happens in Acts chapter 4 is not like Acts chapter 3. In 2 and 3, incredible things are happening. In chapter 4, everything changes. Chapter 4 comes along like the year 2020 came along to us. And all of a sudden, you wake up in 2020 and like, what's a, what's a covid and we pretty soon found out. We wake up in 2020, and all of a sudden, there's trouble. There's conflict that no one saw coming. Acts chapter 4 is like that, because all of a sudden, what was at first favor from God becomes tension. can just pray for them and whoever they're going to see. Acts chapter 4, the disciples wake up and all of a sudden they are no longer the favored ones. Acts chapter 4 happens and there's tension and there's conflict and the church is now looked down upon. Sometimes you wake up and you're in a different chapter. Sometimes a call comes. Sometimes a message comes from the doctor 
sometimes you get some news that changes where you live and how you live. Acts chapter 4, the message is popular, but it goes against the political, religious system of the day. And those who were in charge of the political, religious system decide they must put a stop to these Jesus followers. And so they arrest their two main speakers. Peter and John are arrested. And they are brought in, and they are beaten, and they are told, do not speak anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter and John say, well, hold up. We can only say what we've seen, and we must say it. And the Bible says that they warned them, said, look, I told you once, don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. It says that they let him go, and this is where our passage picks up today. Lots of tension, lots of conflict. Verse 23 is where I begin today. It says, and being let go, this is James, I mean, sorry, Peter and John, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. When Peter and John get, get through with what they've been told, they instantly go back to their companions. You've got some people in your life that you consider your crew. And when something happens in your day, you say, oh man, I can't wait to go and tell my crew. I got to go talk to them. I've been through this thing and I got to go tell them. I've been through this moment that was great. I've been through this moment that was terrible. I've been through this moment that was painful. And I got to get back to my crew. And this is what Peter and John do. They go back to their crew and they tell them what has happened. They tell them what the religious political leaders told them. They told them what was going to have to happen. And they go back to their crew to say, look, we need some help. We need to pray. And that's why it says the first thing that they did was lift their voice to God with one accord. There's power when you pray with your crew. It's true. There's power when you pray alone, but man, there's something different that happens when you pray with your crew. When you got your group who are with you, who are for you, that you can open up with, that you know you can trust them, they love you, then you pray with that group, something powerful happens, and this is where Peter and John when you know you and I weren't made to be alone we weren't meant to even live our faith alone we weren't put on this planet to be alone when God made Adam it's fascinating how he did this he creates all of the animals and they all have male and female he tells Adam I want you to name them all I'm going to bring them right by you and you name them all and he's watching male and female hippopotamus, male and female, giraffe. He's watching all this go on. And soon when he gets to the end of it, it's like, hey, it just feels like there's something missing here. They all got somebody. All I got's me. And this is where we find in scripture that says, it's not good for man to be alone. And so then God created Eve for Adam so that he would not be alone. You and I, when we were saved, even when we came to faith in Jesus Christ, we were put into a church body so that we might not be alone. 
so that we have someone to share our burdens with, someone to hurt with, someone to cry with, someone to laugh with, because you need to not be alone in your faith. I don't know about you, but it's when I'm alone that I'm much more susceptible to temptation. Yeah? It's like Eve, you know, she got off away from Adam. And all of a sudden, Eve became very susceptible to the deception of the serpent. When you're alone, you open yourself up to some dangerous deception. When you're alone, you open yourself up to, some temp to temptation. When you're alone, it's a lot easier to give in. When you're alone, the voice of the enemy gets louder than any other voice you know. You and I were not made to be alone. So when Peter and John go through this time of just reaction, and they go through this moment of what are we going to do, they go back to their crew, and this is where they pray. Now, it tells us next in the verse exactly what they prayed. So I imagine Peter and John run in, they tell the disciples what's going on, and these people are all gathered there, and it tells us what they prayed next. Look at verse 24 through 29. It says, here's what they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by your mouth, by the mouth of your servant David have said, now let me start, stop here for just a moment. He first says, God, you are the one who is Lord over all things, nothing catches you by surprise. God didn't say, oh, I didn't know there was going to be an Acts 4. I thought it was going to end at 3. No, God is the same God in chapter 4 as he is in chapter 3. And Peter and John need some reminding of that. And they said, God, you're the one who said through David, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They said, God, we know, we know from scripture, we know from history that the nations are not always going to be in accord with you. They're not going to always walk in your ways. Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done before. Huh? You hear what he just said? He said, God, you are the one who ordained your servant Jesus. And we'd all say, of course. But he also said, you are also the one who anointed Pontius Pilate and Herod, you chose them to do this? You have a purpose even in that? Yes. You see, when you get with some crew, they give you some perspective. Peter and John needed that. They needed some perspective that said, now hold up, guys. We trust that God is bigger than this moment, and he uses even the most painful circumstances to bring about his will. And he did that for Jesus because he is the one who allowed Pontius Pilate to do what he did. He is the one who allowed Herod to do what he did. So get some perspective here just in this moment, Peter and John. You got to get some perspective on this moment. You see, when you get some perspective, it changes the way you see some things. And that's important. I've got people I go to for counsel from time to time. And I go and kind of unload my struggles or my needs, whatever it is. 
And those people I know will turn to me and say, well, have you considered this? Have you thought about this? Let me remind you about what the Bible says. And in that moment, they give me perspective, and I need that. That's what you get from your crew when you pray with them. I thought it was an interesting illustration. You know, last Sunday, we were all sitting here just like this. And Hunter had his drone out. I don't know if you saw it or not. It was way up high in the sky. He was going to take some photos of us out here. If you saw the photos online of us sitting here just like this, from way up there, about 500 feet or more, that picture only showed a bunch of trees. And there were no people because we all chose to sit in the shade. So from 500 feet up, it looked like we weren't even here. Perspective will do that. Because what's right in front of you sometimes seems like the most looming, largest, horrendous thing. But when you get some perspective, when you step back and say, God, help me see this from your angle, all of a sudden what you thought was so large and looming turns out not to be that at all when you have God's perspective. Only a crew of people who will pray with you and for you can give you that. You know, it's, um, it's, it's helpful to have that because it gives you perspective and it's dangerous without it. It's dangerous to isolate yourself. Over my time in ministry, I've met some people who take off on a tangent. Have you ever met someone like that? They're Christians, but they get off on a tangent. They get off on some small area, and that thing becomes a big area. And that's all they want to talk about, that element of the Bible or that element of the faith. And you, you listen to them, and after a while, you think, uh, I think they've just kind of gotten off track a little bit. I think they've got overly focused on this one subject. I think they've gone to seed on this one thing. Usually when that happens, I've, I'm talking to somebody in that moment who has isolated themselves from godly counsel, from the church, and from friends. And they just got alone. And they started developing their faith. And they started developing their ideas. You see, you and I have been put into a church where it is important that we connect, that we share, that we talk, so that we get input teaching that is balanced and biblical. And this is happening for Peter and John in this moment. When you get with your crew, you also get some boldness. Look at verse 29 and 30. It says, here was their prayer. It said, would you grant to your servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word, that by stretching out your hand to heal, that there would be signs and wonders done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus do you realize what they're asking here? They're saying, God, in the midst of a time where they've told us that we cannot speak anymore about the name of Jesus, they said, would you give us boldness to speak about the name of Jesus? You see, they had gotten some information from the authorities, but they had to come back and get some information from their supreme authority. And when you get that information, it gives you your direction. And they got that with their crew. And they said, would you give us boldness to not be silent? Would you give us boldness to proclaim your word? In fact, God, would you so do that 
that there would be signs and wonders done in your name. Now, that's pretty bold praying. You're praying for something miraculous to happen. You're praying for something that is impossible to happen. You're praying for something that goes against the laws of physics to happen. You're praying for something that nobody would even think logical to happen. And it's funny how here it was natural, but for us, sometimes we think, well, you know, I don't want to ask for too much because I don't want to look foolish in case God doesn't answer it. You're really worried about your reputation, right? No, he says, you need to pray with such boldness, such confidence, that even though you can't see in the world how this could ever come to pass, that you ask God to do it. That there might be something miraculous, a sign, a wonder, something that just is absolutely crazy to think it would happen. That's the kind of people I'm looking for to pray with. I don't want to pray with people who have safe, subtle, only I will believe what I can see happen prayers. I want to pray with people who say, God, I believe you are bigger than all and you can do whatever you want. You can bring things to pass that cannot seem possible in the minds of man. But God, that's what I'm praying for. And I pray that would happen for us, that we'd have that bold of faith, that great of confidence, that we'd ask for things that we cannot even fathom to be true in our life. And boy, that's necessary, especially in this day. It's especially in our families, true today. God, would you do something that seems impossible? God, would you do something that I can't even imagine how you would do it? God, would you bring about such a revival in our land today that we would all be stunned that it's happening and even how it happened? God, would you move with that great a power? There's been times in my life where I've been limited in my prayers because I only wanted to pray what I thought I could see come to pass what I could figure out. But the more I read my Bible, the more I walk with faith, I see that God is actually looking for those whose hearts will trust him to believe what is impossible. Amen? I see that we have not because we ask not. I see that impossible situations were only set up for something God was going to do miraculous. I see that we shouldn't be surprised and bitter and angry and depressed when a situation walks upon us that we can't figure out because that's exactly the moment God does his biggest work is in the moment we are the most limited. We've got to quit living as though we could figure it all out and have the answers and say, God, you brought us to this moment so we'd cry out to you so we would need you and so that you would do something miraculous. God, would you give us boldness in this day? Would you do signs and wonders in this day? This is Peter and John and the New Testament believers asking for this. And this is what you and I are called to. And this is what you need to surround yourself with when you get a crew who will pray with you. But lastly, in verse 31, we see that when they had prayed, in other words, they did it. They got together, they prayed, they lifted up their, their passionate plea to God. It says the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. God heard their prayer and God answered it. That place was all of a sudden shaken. 
Now, I don't know if it was actually that the ground began to shake, the walls began to shake. I tend to think that what happened was the people began to shake. I tend to think that their hearts were shaken. I tend to think they were all, all of a sudden shaken from their sin. They were shaken from their past. They were shaken from their guilt. They were shaken all of a sudden moved with something brand new that God was doing. And they were all of a sudden moved in that moment. And they would never be the same because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that they did speak the word of God with boldness. This is what happens when you get with your crew and they pray and you pray. It's sad that sometimes we get together and we're too worried about what someone else is going to think about us when we pray. Hey, there are people just like you. They don't always know the words to say, but God's not listening to you because you've got a perfect prayer. He's listening to you because of your heart and what you cry out to him. And when you get a crew together who will pray with you like that, for these, God moved. God changed. He changed them. In fact, because of this prayer right here, you and I have the gospel today. You think about it. If they had listened to the religious political authorities that said no more speaking about the name of Jesus, if they had gone back to their group and said, well, we can't speak about Jesus anymore. I guess that's the end of that. The gospel would have stopped right there. But that's not what happened. They chose to believe. They chose to pray. They trusted God. And when he moved in them, they were filled with boldness. And it took them from there to the point that we would have the gospel today. We're sitting here today because they had faith to believe then. You think about the future of your family, the future of this town the future of our state, the future of our nation. It is dependent upon the church trusting God and seeking him in passionate prayer together in a crew because this is where exponential things happen. Now, as we close today, I'd like to invite you to do just that, to pray with your crew you got a group with you. Maybe there's just two of you. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you want to join up with some others. If you do, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. I understand that. But let's make this a moment where we pray with our crew. Because God does exponential things when we do. And you say, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of nervous about all that. Let this be your moment that you are filled with boldness to speak. Let this be the moment that we came together as the church and we prayed and we saw God do something he'd never done before. Amen? I'm going to pray. Then you gather up and you pray. And then we'll close with a song. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you that your word tells us that great people of faith trusted you cried out to you and when they were together in prayer you worked in miraculous ways I pray that would be true for us today that we would not be ashamed of your word but be filled with boldness that we would not be weak but we'd be strong that in this moment right now 
when we don't know what to do next, we know the one thing we're called to do, and that's to go to you and to pray. So Father, would you bless with great power and boldness, even miracles, because the prayer offered up in this place today. Shake us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.